This is Bob Palmer, and you're listening to Zone Talk by Sport Excel, where the magic of the zone is a game changer. In every episode, we dive into the lives of high performers and learn their amazing strategies so that you can take leadership of your game, your team, and your life. Coach Meshach Sang is a retired distance runner from Kenya and currently a youth development coach who is guiding young athletes to the U.S. and European college scholarships. He is an avid competitor and registered some international times in the 500 meter, 10K, and 1500 meter. He left professional running due to a knee injury. His name is footnoted in some of the best cutting edge research publications such as the American Journal of Human Biology. He has had roles in international documentaries relating to the prowess of East African runners and works with top academic researchers on questions of sport performance and health. Welcome, Coach Meshach. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure. What is it like for a runner to be cooped up in four walls during COVID? Nah, it's, uh, it's not pleasant. I mean, it's, uh, it's like the end of the world itself. And, and I mean, how, how, how do you get any training in? Or how, how do, you, do you do anything? Or is it just, it's just a wait and see? Well, training is uh, it's possible because we, we just got to go out and run. But uh, we try to maintain that social distancing as it has been advised by the World Health Organization and the Ministry of Health here in Kenya. And, and so, so running should be one of the sports that is really easier to train in then? Yes. Yes and no. Yes, um, physically, but uh, psychologically it's no, because uh, it's very difficult to train when you don't know where you're going to. When you don't know if you have a race coming. You know, training is uh, based on the competitions ahead of you. So you train towards that competition. And when you don't know when you're going to compete, it's very difficult to follow through a training program. So that's the challenge. Okay, that's so why we had COVID-19. And do you have anything that you do right now to, to get the athlete motivated? Uh, we give them hope. We just try to make sure that their hope stays alive. And uh, if possible, keep encouraging them to continue running because you don't know when the, the whole thing will open up. And when it does, you better be ready. So that's what we tell them. So they keep training. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't kill the train. So they should be able to keep on training while waiting for the world to open up and the competitions to resume. So you ran professionally yourself. Yes. Uh, what was it like for a kid out of Africa thrown into the big leagues at your first international event? Well, nothing special. I mean, Africans are running already. <laughs> they did that before me. <laughs> so it's just like any other, um, any other kid from Europe, America, or China. Anyway, so it's nothing special. Uh, you just get into the truck, you start running, and that's it. How old were you? So you don't feel special for being African to run. <laughs> You're just competing like any other athlete. So. Well, I'm not sure about that. You know, you, Africans have a pretty good reputation to uphold. Yeah, yeah, the pride behind running is not what we are looking for. People just add it onto us. But uh, in the real sense, when we go out to run, when we go into a competition, we don't find it special. We compete like any other athlete. In fact, when we look over our shoulders, we we, we are also worried about the, the white guys following us. So it's nothing special. <laughs> How old were you when you first started uh, going international? Um, 19 years old. 
well, I started running here in Kenya with the international athletes when I was 18, but I went to Europe to, to begin my competitions when I was 19 years old. Yeah. And since that, I never stopped. You told me about a, an event, I think, in Holland. Can you describe that? What, one of your first uh, European events, maybe? Yeah, actually, it was my first uh, international professional competition. Because before that, I was, uh, I was running as a, as a student when I was in Europe. So I was competing, I was running for a club, but then when I was done with my studies, I came back to Kenya and began uh, training for real, for the money. So that was my first competition when I went to Holland. And uh, when we got into the start line, things were a little bit difficult for me. I I didn't know how to start, I didn't know what to do, because everyone else was highly decorated with all those brands, Nike, Adidas, Reebok, and things were not... Very nice. You know, I was mixed up. Nike on top, uh, Reebok shot, a different shoe that did not even have a name. And people were surprised when they saw me on the on the start line without any kind of sponsorship. So when we began uh, the race, I think they kept looking at me and asking themselves, where was this guy? Because I was hanging behind them all through 8 kilometers, 10 kilometers, 12 kilometers. It was 15 kilometers. And when I finished, um, fourth, they were really surprised because uh, they didn't know what, <laughs> where I came from. So they were, they were asking, who is this guy? And I told them, now you know, it's me. <laughs> that was really exciting for me. And uh, I got some money, some really good money after that competition and an offer to sign up a contract to compete professionally. So you're saying that it's, it's pretty easy for a, a, a runner to make a career out of it when you're good? Running is one of the best, it's like acting, running is like acting, you know, because uh, you really work hard, you struggle, it's not easy. So you work hard, you struggle in training, but the moment you get a chance to compete, it becomes really easy to make a career out of it or make some money out of it. So that's why many athletes in Kenya are actually focused in training, because this training is what, uh, this uh, training to, to run professionally is what takes most of them out of poverty. Because people joke around saying that Kenyans run away from poverty. Because actually when you break through in running, your life changes completely. Plus that of your family and your siblings and everyone else. Because of the, the winnings that we make and uh, it's what we really value most. And uh, that's why it's, it's one of the best careers that a Kenyan athlete can take up. So it sounds like there have been a lot of pressure on you. Back then, how did, how did you get ready? What, what, was, what was your, uh, you know, what did you do? Uh, before the competition or? Yeah, to get ready for the competition. I mean, huge pressure. Your, your family and friends are waiting, you know, are, are rooting for you. Um, <laughs> for a Kenyan, uh, competition is like training. Because when we train back here at home, it's a real competition. We kick each other's uh, butts when we are training. And we make sure that every every uh, training, every session is trained at race pace. And uh, so when you get into a competition, there's nothing new. It's only that the, the guys you're competing with are not your ordinary uh, fellow athletes that you have been training with back at home. So it's new guys maybe from 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 Canada, from the US, from, from elsewhere. So you meet new faces, but it's the same thing. 
back here at home is your friends, your family, and the, the people you are training with, that you are training. So to us, when we get into a competition, when I got into a competition, it was nothing different from what we do at home. During, so it, I didn't feel anything. Uh, it's the normal process of warm-up and then, um, you know, a little visualization to look at yourself competing in a new environment, new people. And then when the gun goes off, it's the same thing. You run a deal, you drop. You, you, you mentioned to me that, uh, that running was life or death. Or in your words, you have no business doing it for fun. What do you mean by that? That's very correct. <laughs> That's very correct because uh, if, if you get into a, uh, a tra- if you begin training to run, um, the moment you have started, know that there is no going back. Because when you, uh, when you, when you, when you choose, when you decide to be an athlete, is to train and compete for life or for death. Because many people would go and do a job to test and see if they can finish a 5K, but not for Kenyans. Kenyans run it. They have got no business uh, training if they are not training to win and make some money. And uh, so we, we don't really entertain people who want to run for fun. And if you meet a Kenyan who tells you that he's running for fun, then he's a liar. <laughs> I don't believe him. <laughs> because uh, we run to survive, man. It's a survival, so. So, so it must be many Kenyans don't have anything else to do. So it must be a, a kind of a, a different for a coach because you don't have to motivate. They're motivated when they come to you. Yes, they are. They know what they want to do. They just need a guidance. So our job as coaches is to guide, is to show them how to do it. They know what they want to achieve. They know they want to win. They know they want to break a world record. They know they want to overcome the injuries they are going through. And when they come to us, it's not because they are looking for some magic bullet or something like that, but they're looking to, they're looking to really do it for, for life and death. And what we provide is just a normal, normal um, what we provide is normal guidance for them to, to be able to succeed. Do you, do you have any specialized ways of, of I mean, so you're, it sounds like you don't have to motivate, so, but you're certainly teaching skill. Do you have any sp- Specialized way to get that information to stick so your athletes uh, run with it? Um, Kenyan coaches are, are not as technical as uh, maybe Western coaches. We, we really get, we build a relationship with athletes. So they believe in us. So whatever we tell them uh, is religious to them, you know. <laughs> so, so, so when an athlete comes to me and I have to be really careful in what I'm telling him uh, or her. And uh, so everything I tell my athletes, take it as it is and they follow it. So it makes it easy for us to build a concept in them for, for training. So for me, like I told you before, I, I try to, because you see Kenyan athletes, uh, they have faith. Even when they come to you, they know it's by faith they are going to make in running. They don't believe in making it through science or through doping or through anything else that is and that is not spiritual. So they believe that running to them is something spiritual, and that's why when they get into it, they do it for life and death. So when we give them, when we build, we try to build faith 
I try to build faith, to put faith in them and show them how it can work for them. Uh, like I have a little concept I came up with that um, when an athlete is running, I ask him or her to listen to his steps because those steps will distract. Like what the Europeans do, they listen to the music when they're running. Okay, the Europeans and Americans, you find all of them are with their earpads. They are listening to music to get the rhythm to, to boost them. But I tell my athletes to listen to the steps. That's free music. You don't need to buy that. So when you step on the ground, that takes you into a world that, like, that is like the zone that you always uh, explain to us. So it takes them into that world of uh, solidarity with the running that they are doing. So if they can count their steps, then they know I still have some energy to finish the remaining steps that are coming up. So they listen to that, and within a, 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 short, within a short while, there is some rhythm that they have built, and that keeps them going, and their strides will always be as uniform uh, as they want, because uh, if they can maintain their stride in a marathon, then it's possible to maintain the speed and uh, keep the time, because if you, if you mess up with the time during a marathon run, then you, you're going to mess up uh, your finishing will be disrupted. Uh, so if they can listen to that, so I ask them, are you able to listen to that? Because many athletes get distracted when they're running. Uh, so I start by teaching them how to go with the rhythm of their steps when they're running. And I call it the steps of faith. So if you can, if you can be at peace with the rhythm of your legs, the legs that the sounds that it's giving you, instead of the sounds of the opponents breathing over your shoulders, then it's possible for you to move with your body and your steps and the speed that you are expected to use to complete your, your run. So, so it sounds like it would be very easy then if they wanted to pick up their pace just to change the tempo. Yes. yes. Pretty cool. So the steps will guide them, like the music, you know, takes them to the zone. <laughs> are there any unique challenges that face your athletes in East Africa? Uh, the biggest challenge that face our athletes is training equipment because uh, they're very expensive. To get them is not, so they depend on athletes who have already maybe gotten some contracts so they can share their, their, their old, they can share their old uh, gear. So many athletes in Kenya, you know, we have so many athletes in this country. Uh, even if, uh, even if you, we have, especially in my village, we have more than 100 active athletes and many who are contemplating to begin running and many who have also gone outside the, the country to compete professionally. So you'll realize that if all these people are able to get the right training gear, uh, training equipment and the facilities that they need, that is a good start. It's like giving him um, or her a fishing line. Okay, and a hook. And that way they know what to do with it. You don't need to teach them again how to run. So you just give, give them a shoe and they'll show you a medal in three, four months. It's that simple for a Kenyan athlete. So if they get a pair of shoes, the next thing they'll be calling you to celebrate with them. And that's the good thing about it. Uh, because we have enough food. In Kenya, we have food. We don't, our athletes are not, um, they're not starving because we eat basic food. You see, if you compare with Western athletes, uh, many of them actually depend on multivitamins and uh, a lot of, uh, you know, food supplements that they need for them to be able to run like the Kenyans. But for us, our diet is simple and very good and very healthy. And science has proven that 
the Kenyan diet is very good. And like many people who, are, who may be believe that Kenyan athletes are doping, I don't think uh, that's the main thing for a Kenyan athlete. So we have enough food. So the challenge for the Kenyan athlete is the training equipments. Okay. That is the biggest challenge. They don't even need the big trucks and the gym and whatever uh, other athletes think they need to succeed. All they need is a pair of shoes, a truck suit, and maybe a stopwatch to test themselves. And okay. off they'll go. And they can pretty much train year-round. Yes. Huge advantage. And the shoe that you change after every three months, they can use it for a year. They take good care of it. <laughs> how, how about for coaches? Is there, are there some unique challenges for you as a coach? Coaches have a problem with money. They have the passion to coach. They have the commitment. But the biggest challenge is they don't get paid because um, uh, many athletes, when they break through, they are signed up and they leave the country. And many of them are managed by international companies, management companies, and who don't care about the coaches who actually founded these athletes and came up with their training programs. So no Kenyan coach, especially beginner coaches like me, get any pay. So they don't get any pay. They do it voluntary. Yeah, they do it for free. And uh, it's the biggest challenge for many coaches. So when I meet my colleagues, they, they get to tell me that they even don't know how to start charging athletes who, are, who need help. So in fact, we use uh, our own resources to support the athletes instead of them paying us to train them. And uh, when they become professional, like I say, they are signed up and uh, they, they don't come back. And we are okay with that because uh, the only thing we need is to see them succeed because of the kind of life, uh, the kind of background they come from. So, try to make sure that they so you have to have a, a second job. You have to have a first job, actually, to support your, your coaching habit. Lucky enough, majority of coaches are former athletes uh, who made some good money. And uh, like uh, my coach who coached me always tells me that the best way to uh, spend your retirement as an athlete is with the athletes. So you realize that many, many athletes, when they retire, they're going to coaching. And they are happy to do it for free because sometimes they will have invested some money and uh, they have income. So they don't, have, they don't need to struggle with the athletes, asking athletes for any kind of uh, payment. And uh, the other challenge for the coaches is they can't access the right training, you know, like um, the professional academic uh, training to be better coaches because they start as athletes. And many of them don't have the real uh, coaching skills, which is scientific. So they lack that education and uh, it's also another challenge for the coaches. So their coaching careers are not as, uh, uh, they're, they're, it's not as professional as uh, it's supposed to be. Uh, Is there, are there- Actually need to assess these educational um, opportunities, but they can't get that. Are there roles within the Olympic movement in, in Kenya? In Kenya, Ken, the Kenyan uh, Athletics Federation, Athletics Kenya, we, we have a federation in Kenya that uh, try to give education in collaboration with uh, World Athletics, or IAAF, formerly IAAF. So they try to train most of these coaches, but they give them the basic skills, which is level one. Uh, for, for a coach like me to come to Canada to coach, I need to have a degree in coaching. 
or maybe to go to Australia or go to the U.S. for good money. So I need to get better education. But that kind of education is not available with the AK that is supporting coaches. So majority of them are trained into officials who can support uh, Athletics Kenya events here in Kenya. And uh, that is it. And uh, they don't get paid because they do that to be as, uh, as volunteers, especially because they have athletes in these competitions that we have in Kenya. So can coaches like you um, move to the internet and coach North American athletes via Skype or via Zoom or whatever? Yes and no. Yes, because uh, the opportunity is there. If, uh, if I can prove that I have the right concepts for the athletes who are looking for my services, then I should be able to do that. But the challenge, the no is, uh, we have a problem with the internet connection. Not everyone can access that, especially the coaches who are coaching in the villages. Uh, I'm lucky to be able to connect to you now because maybe this was my lucky day. I have a connection, but sometimes it disappears. So it's very difficult for many coaches to access the internet and maybe advertise themselves to coach. Although there are those who are trying through proxies, maybe they work with the other, maybe coaches who are outside. So they partner, they work together to, to coach at least who are outside. So, so, but the sounds of it, it's not, it's, you don't really have to motivate athletes to get them to, to train. Um, do you have the case where you might be, have athletes who overtrain? How do you pace that? How yes. do you, how do you, how do you program your athletes so they have a proper training program? Um, the excitement, if you can control the excitement uh, that the athletes have, because when they get into running, they really don't know. Where to, when to stop, because their goal is to go compete and win. So they can really uh, overtrain. So for, for my case, I, I get to assess them every six weeks. So I make sure that these athletes are uh, put through an assessment. Uh, I also take them through a medical ass assessment to check for potential uh, possible injuries, maybe if they have any, any injuries they're hiding, because most of them hide. Uh, if if you if you if you realize that if if they if if coach knows that uh, I am injured, then he'll stop me from training. And then I'll lose out in the competition that is coming up. So they hide. So for my case, I don't know if other coaches are doing that. Is I, I put the, my athletes through a medical checkup before I take them through the second phase of the second phase of the of, of the coaching program. So I assess them every six weeks. And then I, I, I begin to redesign the training programs based on their, uh, their level or their level and their, their, um, and their, their healthy levels. Because if, if they don't have injuries within six weeks, then I can proceed to the next uh, stage because we have circles that we follow per year. And then uh, maybe after that, I get to put them through a, a time trial to see if speed has come and uh, if they're able to compete again. Yeah, if they're able to compete again or if they're able to go into competitions. So, you've had so if we can control the excitement, then we can control those who can overtrain. It's all about the, they call the runners high. So if you can check on that, a good coach will know that this athlete is going crazy and he can stop him. How do you know? Like I said, a good coach <laughs> would know that this athlete is going crazy. 
I know. I mean, so I'm, I'm pressing you here. I'm getting, I want you to drill down. How do you know? I mean, you and 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 I, and I I would accept it's a feel thing. Is it a feel thing? Is it intuitive? Do you just can you can tell? Yeah, there's a checklist I I follow every every time I enroll an athlete. So the checklist I, I keep checking my 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 list every time I before I take the athletes out for training. I get to assess them psychologically, physically, emotionally. You see, some can come with really chained emotions, and I'll have to take them aside to discuss what the problem might be. So, because uh, in running, the, a lot happens to an athlete, and uh, so, so I have a checklist that I, I follow to make sure that the athlete is uh, following the things that I've given him to follow. So you've had kids move on to uh, U.S. colleges, I believe. Have you had? Yes, I'm involved in many, many programs that I've seen so many athletes come to, to study outside. And uh, I've founded several training camps that have really done this so successfully. One of them is Complete Sports, which is based in, uh, in near Eldoret, our big city. And they, they are sending many athletes uh, every year. I founded the, 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 training, the training center and uh, they're, they're sending out, the camp is sending out so many athletes so far, and it's working for many athletes around my area. What's your experience with, what's, what's your experience with athletes who go to the States? Or Canada or uh, Europe? I talk or? to them on a daily basis, and uh, they seem to be doing very well, although not competitively. The, the U.S. colleges would not require the athletes to be as professional as we would expect, but as long as they can run good for the college, then their education is, is safe. So I discuss with them to help them be focused and encourage them to at least uh, uh, think of uh, a career in running after education because uh, it has worked for so many. When they finish their education, they take up professional running. And many of the athletes who have done so have really shown good progress, especially one, most of our top athletes in Kenya went through the U.S. college system and Canadian uh, universities. And uh, after their education, they take up professional running and they come out really good runners. So I encourage them on a daily basis uh, through social media. So we talk directly with the athletes who have, uh, whom have uh, assisted to go to study outside, outside the country. And well, at least I want to make sure that they stick to their mission, not to go and get diverted when they get there. Okay, cool. Um, <sighs> I know we worked together for a short while, and uh, I always like to ask, what what came out of that? What 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 do you feel came out of our relationship in terms of high performance? I think my <laughs> my interaction with you or my experience with you uh, really transformed the way not just uh, I do my coaching, but also the way I conduct my life because uh, surviving. Survive, surviving um, close to six years of uh, no pay and working with the people who expect me to support them uh, cannot work for many people, but it's working for me. Uh, it has really impacted my family life. I'm, able, uh, I'm focused, uh, I am stable psychologically, and I am able to pursue my goals really, really well. And uh, although some of the goals are very big, uh, I, I think I'm on track getting to follow them through. So your, your training uh, or your program actually 
kind of aligned my, my mind to do one thing at a time in the right man in the right way. So uh, it has really worked for me because, uh, like I told you before, I, I am one one athlete who has survived so many challenges in life. And as a coach also, the way I conduct my life and I compare myself with some of the coaches that I know, I think I'm different. And um, uh, that would be the secret. I don't need to doubt that. So it really worked for me. Last question. Do you have any piece of advice for a young competitive runner seeking to be the best distant runner in the world, not just from Kenya, but from North America or Europe or Australia? <laughs> the best advice is what I told you before, that don't get into running <laughs> for fun. Because running is no, is no game for the meek. It's not, it's not a, running is not a game for weak people. So when you get outside to start running, run for the win and nothing more. It might take a while to achieve that, but running has to be everything. You put everything in running. Otherwise, if you, if you stick to good discipline, uh, you stay focused, especially if you have chosen your sport, uh, you, you eat right, don't dope, don't use drugs. Uh, just eat simple and right food for you to, to run. You don't, need to, you don't need to modify so much. So I think, uh, but the main advice is don't get into running if you are not ready to feel the pain because running is painful. It's very painful. And it's not just physical pain, it's also psychological pain. Like I told you, some athletes can go crazy. If you, if you keep training and you're not achieving your goals, you can, <laughs> your head can snap. And you have to be very careful when you get into running because those are the things that you'll meet along the way. And I think, but running is one of the most rewarding uh, profession or career you can ever take up. But don't forget to also take up some education because it's what is keeping me Shaksang alive until now of the retirement, some 12, 13 years ago. Perfect. Mishak, thank you so much. I, I've learned a lot. Thank you very much. I really appreciate this. And uh, thank you for giving me this uh, opportunity to talk to you. And uh, it's good to connect with you after a very long time. And uh, you remind me of the zone. And uh, <laughs> I think it's kicked back again. My <laughs> zone is back. <laughs> thank you so much. Good. I really appreciate this. Good stuff. Bye, Bye for and now. Stay safe from COVID-19. You too. You too. Bye for now. This episode of Zone Talk by Sport Excel has ended. But be sure to subscribe and be sure to rate and review us so that we can continue to bring you the best zone and high performance content. See you on the next episode.